0: Today's episode of the two-man power trip of wrestling is dedicated solely to the wrestling legacy of WWE Hall of Famer, Superfly, Jimmy Snuka. To the top of the steel cage! I don't believe it! Superfly perched!
1: AJ Styles, you're listening to the Two-Man Power Trip. Oh my god, this is Joey Styles, and you're listening to the Two-Man Power Trip Podcast. This is Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. This is Cody Rhodes, the Prince of pro wrestling, and you are listening to Two Man Power Trip. This
0: is Jimmy Vine, the boogie-woogie man. Tell my people are my brothers and sisters. Don't you dare miss John and Chad. Hey, everybody out there. This is the franchise Shane Douglas. Remember me? <laughs> well, guys,
2: it's great to be on the show again. I appreciate you asking me back. So You said you were going to pinch yourself. I didn't know it was that kind
1: of show now. I mean, if you guys are in the privacy of your own home, if you want to do these things. Good. How you doing, Chad? Hey, Johnny. Cool, man. What's going on? Are we ready to go or what? Oh, uh, Chad. Okay
2: hey man what's up guys this is homicides
1: oh that's my homie homicide with a big homie club yeah that would be it
2: hey this is david penzer and this is the two-man power trip of wrestling
0: They've studied thousands of hours of wrestling. And now, they bring to you the greatest legends, hall of famers, creative minds, and both current and future stars of pro wrestling. They are Prime Time Pod and Chad, the two men! This is the two-man power trip of wrestling brought to you today and powered by our good friends over at Subway. Head on over to the Subway location in Kingsburg, New Jersey, this coming Sunday, January 22nd. And from 12 p.m. to 2 p.m., meet and greet with the WWE Hall of Famer, otherwise known as Mr. USA, Tony Atlas, again from 12 p.m. to 2 p.m., It's this coming Sunday at the Subway location down in beautiful Keensburg, New Jersey. Head on over to Facebook.com, look up Subway Keensburg, and get all the information on how you can join in on that fabulous event. Again, this coming Sunday, Mr. USA, Tony Atlas at the Keensburg Subway. And with that being said, if you didn't know by now, my name is Chad, and as always, I'm joined by my partner, the one and only, John Paz and John, we have an awesome show on tap today as we are joined by a rising star, to say the least, of professional wrestling. You've seen him in New Japan, you've seen him in Ring of Honor, and now Jay White takes the stage on the two man power trip of wrestling for an awesome chat. As I said, And it's going to be one where you're going to get to know Jay White. If you don't know the name, you will by the end of it, because this is a guy who is on the fast track, the old rocket strapped to the behind, if you will. As Jay White is ascending up the ranks of professional wrestling, he's appearing on so many big shows, and he's going to make such an impact in the coming months. And this is one that my partner had an absolute blast interviewing this guy i know he was jazzed about it for days but john as we get rolling here tell us a little bit about jay white and what we have to look forward to in this one-on-one between john pause and jay white
1: yes chad the two-man power trip of wrestling in 2017 keeps on coming with some knockouts now here we go with another a great episode and this time new japan pro wrestling ring of honor star jay white and he's one of those guys that you kind of just look at and you say he is the future of the wrestling business can't miss star as jim ross used to call him a blue chipper can't miss prospect you know he's one of those guys that's just you just tell right away. I mean, he's going to be a, a total huge star, and I love kind of going all over the map with uh, Two Man Power tripper Wrestling. Literally, we've even, um, we've done uh, interviews all over the world, and we've talked to guys all over the world. We just did obviously Greg Valentine and Greg um, uh, Tony Atlas. Then we did Stevie Richards, and we had Jim Florentine. I mean, we're all all over the place, whether it be celebrities, whether it be great entertainers, comedians. WWE Hall of Famers, Absolute Legends and Icons of Business. And then we can kind of go all the way the other way, the other end of the spectrum, and hit the future stars and these amazing guys. And this one was an awesome one for me because... You were able to use this awesome modern technology, whether it be Skype or you know whatever we're, we're using here. And it's just amazing that we're able to pull it off because he was 16 hours ahead of us. Yes, he is in the future in this interview, if you will. Joke around with him a little bit about that. He's in uh, New Zealand. So it's pretty amazing thinking of modern technology today. I know we did a couple interviews. If you think about PN News, obviously he was in England when uh, we recorded that interview. So there is a bunch of interviews that we've been able to do where uh, Dom morocco also was in Hawaii. So I mean, there's some interviews you're able to do where the time zones are completely, you know, way out of whack and, we're we're in two different parts of the world but man new zealand is literally the other side of the world i mean geez louise 16 hours ahead like i said but whew, that flight over there is about i think 22 hour flight something like that so just awesome to be able to catch up with uh, jay white and do this interview and it to be you know in the two different uh, time zones really two different worlds i just love thinking about his future though i mean it's so bright Obviously, he's on sabbatical from New Japan Pro Wrestling, he's in Ring of Honor right now, but the great thing about that is he was a young lion in New Japan, coming up, he had all those great matches with David Finley, who is obviously Fit Finley's son. Coming up, coming up, coming up, he's a young lion and then when they really see something in you, they usually send you on a sabbatical to the United States or wherever. Obviously, the most famous one that you can really think of is uh, late 80s, early 90s when they sent Great Muta to WCW slash NWA on that sabbatical. So really cool to see Jay White here in the States and dominating in Ring of Honor, getting quite a push. He had a draw against Jay Briscoe, 30-minute draw, time limit draw. Think about that. Jay Briscoe is one of the top Ring of Honor stars, two-time world champion. So to be able to have a draw with him and to be able to have all these great matches in Ring of Honor is just truly a testament to not only him becoming a future star, but him being quite a current star as well. So I love this guy, blue chipper, 100% great prospect, and you're going to see a lot of big things coming from Jay White in the future. There's no doubt
0: about that. I guess we can kind of use that as leverage on our calling card Not quite literally a calling card, but the fact that we are able to kind of sync up with people all over the map, and whether it was Jay White out of New Zealand or PN News recorded while he was living in England. But also, you can't forget Alex Wright was in Germany, and the countless times we've gone up north to Canada, whether it was with Hannibal or Jacques Rougeau or even Smith Hart or Bruce Hart, you know, or Rene Dupree, our good buddy Rene Dupree, talking to these guys all over the world, it helps broaden the horizon of the wrestling field fan. But Jay White, it's just his story is remarkable. How he got into the business is absolutely unbelievable. And of course, all he's been able to do thus far as part of that New Japan Dojo, and moving on into what he's doing with Ring of Honor. Obviously, there's so much more to come as we've kind of beat it over the head. And John, I know all the things that you're talking about with Jay in this interview are great, but his story about how he got into the business just may be one of the coolest highlights of this interview and, of course, a great start to the story of Jay White.
1: Yeah, one of the coolest things about this interview was the fact of, like, kind of how he got into the business and how he was able to go to WrestleMania 27 and how the hell is that possible? You're in New Zealand. You're, you know, you're winning a contest and you're going to WrestleMania. So that was really cool. You're really going to enjoy that story. Definitely a different way of kind of thinking of, not really getting into the business, but becoming a huge, huge fan of the business and really kind of digging yourself deep into the business. And you win a contest, you end up at WrestleMania all the way from New Zealand. So a really, really uh, cool story there. I really enjoyed that. I love how we got into New Japan Pro Wrestling. I love the Finn Balor story, a.k.a. Prince Devitt. I love um, you know him kind of uh, meeting all the stars of New Japan, like Nakamura. And obviously, like I just mentioned, Devitt. And really, really coming into... Uh, his owner is a professional wrestler or you know wanting to uh, learn the business and become a pro wrestler you meet those guys and it's like boom you, you, know, you take off from there I mean you can't really learn from uh, any anybody better than that so that is a great story I love that I love the Wrestlemania I love New Japan I love getting into all the you know behind the scenes of New Japan about being a young boy and being a young lion there and kind of what they put you through and going through that New Japan dojo because you've heard the stories you've heard the horror stories if you will it's kind of an old school way of training it's kind of an old school way uh, of going about things but it's obviously the right way because new japan pro wrestling over the year has been over the years has been able to bring in and you know cultivate some huge huge stars and really the you know the bulk of it or the start of it is that new japan dojo and they're old school and they're hard nose and they're tough but that's the way you need to be and i love that jay white came through that system obviously he was in there with cody hall as well and david finley so it's a lot of great up-and-coming stars whether they be you know Oh, scott hall's son fit finley's son or just a guy who uh, really just aspired to be a pro wrestler like jay white so i really think this is going to be like an uh an underrated interview in our archives and, and you're really going to enjoy this one because you know you're going to look back a couple of years and you're going to say wow the doom power trip had on this huge star jay white when he was just coming up and just kind of coming into his own so sit back and relax and enjoy this one take it away chatty boy
0: Yeah, not every interview is going to be a all-time great WWE Hall of Famer. We've gotten a lot of great stories out of guys that you're going to hear a lot from, including if you look back probably about two months and go back and find the episode with Matt Riddle. I kind of put Jay White almost in that same class where yeah, these are guys that we're seeing these WWE spotlights of the Cruiserweight Classic or we're seeing this United Kingdom Championship Tournament and they're finally giving guys outside of that WWE bubble the opportunity to get on that major platform but these are guys there's still guys that are still out there there's still guys that are going to give you your money's worth whenever you see him at a show and obviously if you can get to a Ring of Honor show that has Jay White or you can go and find some of the stuff he's done in New Japan via maybe a New Japan world do it check them out if you're not familiar with them go familiarize yourself with it and enjoy and john i know we're wrapping up here but i know we heard off the top the classic clip of the late great now superfly jimmy snook obviously passing away over the weekend uh, and in somewhat of a uh, you know just the last few years of his life have been mired in controversy obviously the uh, unfortunate death of his girlfriend uh Nancy Argentino that of course, you know, has been linked to him and he was just brought up on charges within the last few years. And he unfortunately was faced with the terminal cancer throughout all this and unfortunately succumbed to it And now, you know, the Superfly has passed, but we'll never forget what the Superfly brought to the professional wrestling industry. It's one of the reasons why you heard that just absolutely iconic clip from Gorilla Monsoon off the top of the show where he just took that leap from the steel cage at Madison Square Garden and landed on the magnificent Morocco. And it just, it changed professional wrestling as we knew it. It ushered in what would be Hulkamania a few months after that, and it just, Absolutely changed how professional wrestling was viewed. It started careers, and John. Before we get it on over to the interview, I know you have a little something you want to say about the passing of the Superfly, and then let's just get it into the two-man power chip of wrestling business and over to Jay White.
1: Over the weekend, we lost one of professional wrestling's all-time greats, an icon, an innovator, a Hall of Famer, someone that set the standard of what being a phenom is all about. Rest in peace, Superfly, Jimmy Snooka, and thank you for all the memories. You will truly grow down as one of the all-time greats. Thank you, RIP, Superfly. And now for some TMPT business. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Two Man Power Trip, and at Wrestling Pal. Please visit our website, tmptofwrestling.com. That is tmptofwrestling.com. Subscribe to us on YouTube. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes. While you're on iTunes, check out the feed for some legendary episodes featuring the living legend himself, Bruno San Martino, the late great American dream, Dusty Rhodes. Ray Mysterio Jr., Jeffrey McDivitt, Brutus the Barber Beefcake, Mr. Wonderful Paul Onder, AJ Styles, and so many others. Also, while you're surfing the web, check out WrestlingInc.com. Yes, that is WrestlingInc.com. They are the number one wrestling news source out there, so please check them out. Also, while on the internet, go to com. Yes, com is your superstore. If you are a super fan, and if you can please check out our page while you're there. You can check out Tito Santana, Paul Orndorff, Coco Beware, Magnum TA, Buff Bagwell, and so, so many others. Follow along with the two-man power trip of wrestling in 2017 as we hit the road and we come to a town near you. April 22nd, we hit Philadelphia, Pennsylvania at the Icon Collectors Fest. Then, May 19th and May 20th, we hit the Mid-Atlantic Wrestling Expo in Richmond, Virginia. Then, follow us to New Jersey as we hit Legends of the Ring in Monroe. So please follow along with the two-man power trip of wrestling in 2017, because you never know where we may land. And now, without any further ado, one of wrestling's future stars. He is currently a New Japan Pro Wrestling and Ring of Honor Superstar. He is none other than Jay White. Please enjoy. Two-Man Power Trip of Wrestling is a New Japan and Ring of Honor superstar. He is a, a young lion. He's currently a, a future star of, of the business, and that's for sure. He's from all the way over in New Zealand. He is Jay White. Jay White, welcome to the Two-Man Power Trip of a Wrestling. Thank you very much for having me. No problem, and... uh you know, it's crazy, you're all the way over there in New Zealand, but what is the, the wrestling scene like out there over there? Is it uh, dominant? Is is there a big wrestling scene over in New Zealand?
2: No, it's uh, next to nothing. There's, there's a couple of really small independent companies that I know of. Um, there's only really one main one that I know of that I did one show for last year, um, but they're very small, which is why well, I, I knew that when I wanted to start wrestling as well, um, which is why I didn't start in New Zealand. I went... And uh, started training out there in England, because there's yeah next to nothing over here in terms of wrestling. So that's something that uh, New Japan, along with the company Sakura Events, um, is trying to increase over here. We just had the show about a month ago uh, with New Japan and Ring of Honor and Sakura NZ. So they're looking to branch out and
1: uh, get wrestling to be a lot more popular over
2: here.
1: Yeah, I saw that. That was pretty cool that they're trying to do that. And obviously... You know, with this new age of wrestling, I mean, us over here in the States can come very familiar with shows and events all over the world. So it's pretty cool to see New yeah. Zealand kind of branching out. But is there anybody, you know, in New Zealand that you kind of looked up to or maybe would it even be like uh, the Bushwhackers or something where you looked up to as, as, you know, kind of wrestlers from New Zealand that you really you know, enjoyed watching? Uh, honestly,
2: not really. The Bushwhackers were a bit before my time. When I started watching wrestling, um, I kind of came up on WWE, starting from two thousand and four, which is when I first started watching. Um, so to be honest, I haven't really watched many New Zealand wrestlers before. Um, obviously, Bad Luck Fale who I'm over with in Japan, he's a great role model. But uh, other than him, there's there's not too many uh, top tier guys that are that are around the business these days, or
1: have been in the last few years it's a very um interesting market because like you said there's not too many guys and not too many wrestling things so how'd you actually get into it like how did you you know go as far as saying i want to become a professional wrestler right well this i'll uh give the whole background story
2: on that which is i'll try to keep it short so when i started mm-hmm. watching like like most kids you, you want to be a wrestler um but like as i said in new zealand there's little to no scenes so um you know, I watched it for a few years, and then in like my mid to late teen years, I kind of became busy with other stuff, being social and whatnot, and uh, may not have been considered, I guess, cool to be watching wrestling. But for one reason or another, I kind of grew out of it. And then fast forward a few years, uh, oh, actually, also along with the whole idea that you know it's not really realistic. There's no, it wasn't easy to find a training school over here, and you know I was a small kid, so. Um, it's not like it was. It would be realistic for me to become a wrestler, but anyway, fast forward a few years. Uh, Eighteen, I finished school. I did a month and a half of basic training in the army and uh, as an officer, which I didn't enjoy. wasn't for me, so I left that. I was working to physical labor for one of my friend's dads, and then on the radio they had a competition that came up to send two people to WrestleMania. This is in 2011, and uh, I basically I called up I managed to win a little debate there which put me into the draw and over the next couple weeks they did this every day multiple times a day to get people to go into the draw and then a couple weeks later um they're about to do the draw i'm sat off my phone and my phone goes off and so basically i won a trip to wrestlemania 27 in atlanta and uh for me and a mate all, all paid for tickets accommodation flights so i went out there and kind of that uh I remember seeing Shawn Michaels get inducted into the Hall of Fame and uh, that along with the whole experience that kind of really inspired and re-motivated me and made me really believe that, okay, I never thought it was possible I could go to WrestleMania. Um, you know, if I not only did I go to WrestleMania, I won a, a trip on the radio. Like, I almost took it as a sign. Um, and then from there, I kind of believed that I could do it and in uh, the rest of 2011, I did my PT course because I knew I'd have to work as well elsewhere, and I was looking into training schools in the States, like I looked into OVW, and it didn't seem like it was going to be too easy to, to move to America or anything. I didn't really know what I was going to be able to do. Um, and luckily, um, due to my granddad, I'm able to live and travel in Europe, or live and work in Europe and England. So, in uh, start 2012, I went over to a little island between France and England, where one my, of my friends had moved back to. I had 10 months there with them. Uh, enjoy myself, and then start 2013. Thought it was time to move over and find a training school. So I just searched a training school. Happened to find one in Portsmouth, um, and so I just kind of took a big chance. Went over there with nothing, didn't know anyone, didn't have anywhere to live, no job, and found a training school and started from scratch there. And then two years later, I got a chance for New Japan
1: pretty amazing story, and it's pretty crazy to say, you know, like, you know, won a contest to go to WrestleMania, which, you know, exactly. some people would take, you know, some people would take it some way, some people would take it another way. You obviously took it a completely different way. I was like, man, you know, I won this contest. Maybe this is, uh, you know, a time to, you know, it's a time to get into this thing. It's like a almost yeah. like a little omen.
2: Yeah, exactly. Like, I, like when I was a kid, you know, you you to you have a dream and everything, and it was nothing, I didn't have any bigger dream than wanting to be a wrestler and Uh, I don't know, it's weird, like looking back, I felt like almost, even back then I felt like I believed that I was almost meant to do it, and then obviously uh, stopped watching for a bit, and then when that happened with that trip and everything, it kind of just re-triggered out of my brain and really made me believe that yeah, this is, like I'm taking this as a sign that this is what I'm meant to do, and you know, it's working out for me so far, so
1: I guess that belief was right to an extent. Definitely. And, and you know, when you started training in the UK, now the UK has yep. become a huge hotbed for wrestling. But who did you train with over there in England? I trained under a guy called the UK Kid,
2: real name Tom Jones, and the company VPW. Um, he was actually trained by Shaw Michaels and Dory Funk uh, when he started out as well. So I uh, trained with him. He's one of my good mates as well. And I uh, trained there for, I think I, started, I didn't train for a month. I, managed to, I was fortunate I picked it up quite quick. And well, uh, the, ba- the, the basics that I needed just to do a, a really simple match, anyway. And then I debuted about a month later, but trained
1: with them for and worked with them for about two years there. What do you think about the scene over in UK? I mean, obviously it's booming, it's hot. It feels like there's so many leagues popping up here and there, but it feels like the, the UK, I mean, is is just making a ton of money with the wrestling business right now.
2: Yeah, they're doing really good. Um, even since when I was there, it was it was on the incline. Um, guys like Marty Scurll, who's now obviously the Ring of Honor TV champion, he uh, he was actually one of my first few matches back when I started I think he might have been my third or fourth match. Um, oh, wow. So it's really cool to now be working or be around him these days and see that it's all paying off for him because he's one of the hardest working guys. Like every because We worked a bunch on the camps over there and he was always someone who was uh, always thinking about the next thing that he needed to do or new ideas for whether it's his gimmick or and uh, things like that, so it's good to see that working out for them, but, yeah, now, now in the UK, it's, you know, it's awesome, you got companies like Rev Pro, who are uh, putting on these awesome shows, the shows that they have at York Hall were uh, some of my, probably my favourite I've done, close to it anyway, um, the crowds that are getting there are awesome, and you know, there's a lot of other companies there that are, here are doing really good, you got What Culture Pro Wrestling, uh, keep hearing good things about, Osprey likes to rave about them, and uh, as well as guys like Progress and stuff, companies haven't worked for yet, but I'd like to at some point, but it's, you know, it's all in the upper in, in uh, the UK at the moment, and that's can to mean good things for all the guys
1: working out there. Definitely Progress Wrestling, Rev Pro, um, What Culture. It's definitely a great place if you're, you know, a wrestler in England right now, for sure, or going through England or, you know, even in the States, then bringing you over. It's just great time to be a wrestler and being traveling in England. But you mentioned Marty Skrull. And, you know, you wrestled him, I guess you said, it was your maybe third or fourth match, which is crazy. But did you see him becoming, the, you know, the villain, if you will? Did you see him becoming the big star that he is now?
2: Um, it's hard to say at the time, just because where I was so fresh, I wouldn't really have the experience or the knowledge to be able to say whether I think someone's going to make it or not. Um, I, the way we were kind of brought up where I was trained, it was very much kind of WWE-based, um... And so you kind of think, oh, you know, you got to be quite a big guy. And obviously the guys are a lot bigger than elsewhere and things like that. And so in that sense, if you could, say if I look back back at Marty back then, I would have thought, oh, well, you know, he's maybe a little bit small and stuff. But it's all changing these days. And obviously now I know a lot more about other companies, ROH, New Japan. And that's where my loyalty is. So um, I'd say yes, based on the fact that he was always doing what he, like changing or looking for something new to do. Uh, whether it's his gimmick and stuff. Um, to be honest, I didn't. I think I said it to him earlier this year. I didn't realize how uh, over he was, for, especially with like Rev Pro. I remember watching him versus Chris Hero at Your Call. Cool. Um, I think that's one of the first times I've seen him uh, live in a long time, especially first time for Rev Pro anyway. And I mean, they, they just love him out there. So uh, it's awesome to see that all happening for him.
1: And not only is he, you know, a big star, you mentioned Will Ospreay, who's becoming huge everywhere, you know, Japan, yeah. uh, Ring of Honor, I mean, he's just, he's just been a huge star everywhere, and then, of course, Zack Sabre Jr., who, who obviously made a huge name for himself all over the place, but what is your relationship like with uh, Will Ospreay?
2: Oh, he's a good dude, he's cool, I met him, uh, I didn't meet him in England, the first time I met him was when he came out to Japan uh, to do his first Match. I think that was against Kushida at Invasion Attack earlier this year. Um, no, he's a lovely dude, man. He's awesome to be around, fun guy to be around. Um, his talent in the ring, that you don't really have words to describe it, to be honest, as, as precision and timing. And, you know, leaving aside the argument about styles and what you prefer and whether you like his style of wrestling or not, you can't deny the guy is talented beyond belief. And, um, you know, whether if you just well, we always hear like people debating about like whether it's guys like Osprey and Ricochet about their style of wrestling and all the uh, flips or whatever you want to talk about. When I sit here people kind of arguing about that and whether they they consider it wrestling, I just want to like just those people I think just need to just accept, instead of trying to fight it all, just take a step back, just sit just sit down and like watch what's in front of you because what those guys put out there is entertaining as hell and. Um, there's only a couple of guys in the world that can do it. So instead of trying to like fight it and argue what they think it should be, like just appreciate what they're that they're putting their bodies on the line for you and the uh, the skill and talent that guys like Ricochet and Osprey um, have. It's just it's just amazing. So I guess that's my
1: little opinion on that subject as yep. well. Yep, I, I you know I like that opinion and I like to hear you know, say that. But it's funny. It's almost comes with the territory a little bit because you know years ago you know in the 90s when ray mysterio and huventud were coming in and all these other guys you know doing the cruiserweight style that was kind of met with some negativity so it yeah. almost comes with the territory now they're looked back as that absolute legend so it almost comes with the territory it's like all right you guys do the style and you're gonna get your balls busted but in a couple of years everyone's gonna love you yeah
2: no exactly well either way people are talking about them and their matches um so, you know, they're saying any pub there's no such thing as bad publicity. Um so you talk about guys like Ray Stereo back then and they got a bit of flack and now you like you said they look back as legends. Guys like I think I just saw actually a post on Twitter, I'm not sure who who it was out of uh, Osprey or Ricochet. One of them I'm just saying about how they're revolutionizing the business. Um some people might not, might not believe that. I think they're definitely they are to an extent in, in the sense that they bring in this, this new this style that they bring. There's a lot more guys doing it these days. Um, maybe not not to the same level as them. Uh, but these guys like who were you know, that athletic style of wrestling. Um, I don't know if I use the word acrobatic at all, but uh, these agile, quick guys. You guys got like Leo Rush. He's awesome. I'm a big fan of him. Work with him over at ROH. Um, these guys are so quick and athletic. It's There's more and more people coming up like that, so them say they're revolutionising the business to an extent, you know, that what they're saying does have a, a fair bit of weight to it. Um first thing about wrestling is you need I think you need to have these different styles because you, you guys got like you got guys like Ricochet, Osprey, uh you, you got me, I'm more of kinda traditional basic style. You got guys like Zach Saber Junior who's uh absolute technician. Um you got big guys like Donovan Dijak, who's yeah, he's both athletic and big power guy as well. You got Raymond Rowe and Hanson, who Rowe is ridiculously strong as well. So you're gonna have, always have all these different styles, and not everyone's gonna like each one. But that's the whole point. It's something interesting for everyone.
1: Yes, absolutely. And you, know, you know, different styles it makes it interesting. It's almost like a little melting pot, a little something for everyone, and it makes Isn't the show good? and it makes the show a little bit better too, because it's not just the same formulaic thing. You know. You see, uh, you know, Osprey, and then you see uh, hands in a row, War Machine, or, you know, it, it changes it up a little bit uh, for sure. Of course. And, I mean, it's you don't want to be watching the same thing in
2: seven matches in a row, or however many matches are on the card. I mean, that's where it all comes in, whether some people like that style of an Osprey or a Ricochet or not. Um, and, and a card of, say, six, seven matches, if you've got them in there, it's different to everything else, and it's going to be fun to watch. Like I mean, and, and like stay on that subject when they had their match at Korakuen Hall earlier the year in the Super Juniors. Um, I was right there ringside for it, and you know you have people kicking off on Twitter and this and that. Korakuen was going absolutely nuts. Those Japanese fans who uh, hadn't seen these guys at a small match together before, they were absolutely losing their minds, and it was just it was just a fun thing to watch. And that's why I think that's how I think people need to take risks instead of trying to argue and fight it because they certain fans think. They just have their own opinion, and uh, which is fine by all means to have an opinion, but instead of trying to shoot down these guys and, you know, this is how it should be, like, just, just, just accept what you're watching and just enjoy it because it really is
1: amazing what guys like that can put on. Very true, and that was a highly, highly talked about match. It was almost like a, a lightning rod for a lot of people to uh, either rip that match or totally applaud it. And obviously, if uh, exactly. anyone follows uh, Dave Meltzer, Meltzer almost gave it five stars, saying, you know, it was revolutionary, it was great, it was different. Uh, I, for one, liked did You being, you know, there, you know, right in the thick of things, would you say it's like, you know, quote unquote five star match? Did you love it that much?
2: Oh, I mean, I don't know about putting. Because again we talk about stars and everyone's gonna have their own idea of what they want from the match and like I said that's not I think I said that that their style necessarily isn't my I guess you'd say my favorite style or favorite type of match by no means shooting it down at all that's just my personal preference um, so I mean I can't I wouldn't put I can't put stars on any match because it's always going to be it depends on that person's opinion I guess but it, it was an amazing match to watch so you know, for I can see why someone would give it five stars because the their uh, precision, their timing, there was not one mistake made in that match, and the, like the the stuff that was being done for them to hit it so flawlessly. You know, they're going to be tired as well. Um, like for that alone, I could see why someone would definitely give it five stars.
1: Now, speaking of you know style and stuff. How would you describe your style? I know you do a little bit of high-flying. You you know, you have your submissions, you got your strikes and stuff, but how would you describe your style?
2: Yeah, it's something I'm really not too sure about myself, to be honest. Um, hmm. Like you said, yeah, kind of a bit of
1: all-round. Uh, like,
2: when you say high-flying, it's kind of, you know, it's nothing nothing, nothing too crazy, but I can do a little bit of that. And I do really like submission-based stuff as well. Um, I was in the dojo, and uh, Alex Shelley really taught me a lot of stuff um, submission wise and you know, chain wrestling but um, yeah I really wouldn't know how to describe it's kind of a bit of everything um, I think a lot what I've heard from other guys when they describe it they kind of talk about my fire I have in the ring and just that uh, fiery intense New Japan style um, but it's hard for me to put any like, one word to it whether you would say high flying or or uh, technician-wise, or anything like—I guess I just say all-round. In a in the, in a sense, it's a really hard question for me to answer. To be
1: honest, hmm. gotcha. And <laughs> you know, you're talking about uh, having that New Japan style, which is you know my preference. I I, I love that style. The, you know, the intensity, yeah, the the fighting spirit, the you know the strong style being a little bit stiff. But how did you actually get into the New Japan dojo? <laughs> there was a meeting with uh, I guess uh, Devitt and uh, or Prince Devitt and Bad Luck Fale.
2: Yeah, that's right. Um, just before I get to that, you just kind of triggered my memory when you talked about the New Japan style, the fighting spirit and being more stiffer. That's what, I don't know if you talk about being my style, but it's what I want to bring to the ring when people watch me is, you know, there's not going to be anything, whether it's strike-wise, there's not going to be anything soft or that looks questionable. You know, people want to talk about, um, you know, people who aren't wrestling fans would, would say, oh, you know, it's fake, like, any, any more strikes and stuff like that, you're gonna. I want you to see that none of that's fake. Everything, you know, if, if, if give a guy a forearm and you hear a slap, that's because I'm forearming him in the side of the head. The amount of times huh. you get people who aren't fans and stuff, stuff say, "Oh, how do you get that sound? Do you, do you slap this?" I'm like, "No, just you know, you just hit the person." Um, you know, it's wrestling. It's not you know, as i saying, it's not ballet, and uh, it, it really isn't. You know, you're gonna get hit. Um, so I guess that's my style. I just want to have. My stuff bring as real a possible uh, look to everything I do in there. I don't know if that you'd really say that's my style, but that's something I want to bring to the ring when I wrestle each time. But um, yeah, back to how I got to New Japan. Uh, so I'd gone to England. So it's 2013. No, uh, then a year. Sorry. So to start 2013. A year later, start of 2014 in February, we had Prince Devitt or Finn Balor. However you want to refer to. Him. We had him over to do three of our shows for VPW and um he did three shows, gave me his card, said to stay in contact. He went back to New Japan and then talked to Bad Luck Fale, seeing as he's from New Zealand as well. Um and then Fale messaged me and said it'd be cool to meet up one time and, and stuff. And then uh fast forward a few months and Rev Pro, who actually was had a training school right next door to us in Portsmouth, they uh they'd booked Bad Luck Falei David, as well as Nakamura, um, to come over and do the show. And so when I saw that, I messaged David and asked if he if it would be cool for me to come up and see him again and meet Nakamura and Farley, And uh, went up there. So I went to London, took the train up, saw them, went out that night, had a few beers with them. That's when I met uh, Zach Saber Jr. first time as well, actually. And then basically from there, I stayed in contact with Farley through uh, Facebook Messenger and then... He basically did the work behind the scenes at New Japan. I just had to send the right stuff over. And then, you know, he said, okay, you got your spawn in the dojo, pay for your own flight and get here for this date. And uh, so that was that. And I had no idea what to expect. I didn't know if I was going to have a match, if I was just training. Like I, I had no idea what to expect. I didn't know if I was getting paid or how long I was going to be there for. Um, so once I got to Japan, just kind of had to learn everything as I went.
1: It's pretty amazing to be in the New Japan Dojo, and you know how that all worked out. You know, meeting uh, Devitt, meeting Fallet, you know, getting a chance to meet Nakamura—that's awesome. But what is the training like? You know, once you get there in, in that dojo.
2: Yeah, it's it's intense, man. So I got there a the day before, uh, so me and Cody Hall were starting at the same time. Um, I had to pay for my I had to pay for my own flight, and so I got, I came in. I got the cheapest one. So I landed a day earlier, whereas I think he got his paid for and then got, so he landed like a day after. So the first day I was there, I had to train uh, with the Japanese guys, um, just being the only gaijin or foreigner as well. So it was a bit intimidating, but uh didn't know what to expect. But um, young boy trainings, on average, about three hours from 10 o'clock in the morning. Um, it's going to be boiling hot, whether it's winter or summer, because in winter, they put a gas heater on in there all the windows are shut it takes about 10 minutes and you're sweating it's heated up and you're sweating in there and in the summer uh, don't have the gas heater on thank God but it's like it's like a conservatory or I don't know if the roof's kind of made it it's kind of made out of like corrugated iron almost or something just a, a little bit better than that but it's just it's just like a hot box in there so uh, it's it's pretty intense you know thousand squats or 500 if you're lucky to start off. And then a bunch of cardio, a whole ton of press-ups, uh, sit-ups, everything. And then that's just without the actual wrestling training between bumping and going over all the basics and stuff, which um, which was fortunate to have wrestled for two years and I kind of had the basics relatively down. So it made that a bit easier compared to Japanese young boys who are starting out from scratch there. Um, I can imagine it'd be pretty daunting to be having to learn the basics of wrestling and, and uh, when you've got so much pressure on you and you're doing all this training beforehand as well. So I was fortunate in that sense. Um, and then if uh, if the body was filling up to it, I would then do weight training either in the evening as well on on top of all of their training in the mornings.
1: And it must be, you know, a little bit of a culture shock too because – you're there basically, you know, with a bunch of Japanese young boys as well. And obviously most of the trainers are Japanese. I mean, you know, you got Cody Hall there and stuff. But what was yeah. it like for you? Was it a huge culture shock?
2: Yeah, massively. Like, uh, like I said, I didn't know what to expect going in. Um, just obviously Things like the food and stuff. And then the, the language was a big one at the start. I mean, a couple of the guys can speak a bit of broken um, English. And, but like the first night I got to the, the dojo, uh, Fale came in with me, luckily, and, um, he just, cause he picked me up from the airport with, with, uh, a Māori our referee, and, uh, they picked me up so he could just speak to, at the dojo at that time, there was Tanaka Komatsu, uh, who are ROH now, and another guy who's not, who's not there anymore, that he, uh, he hasn't, hasn't died, he just left the dojo and made that sound he could die,
1: <laughs> and, uh.
2: He uh, so there's three of them there and none of them really spoke any English. So luckily Farley could kind of tell them what they just what needed to be done with me. And unfortunately, he told them to shave my head as well. So I'd start from scratch there. But anyway, um, yeah, Tanaka and Komatsu and the other guy they didn't speak any English. So try to just ask where hey where can I have a towel for the shower or just anything and um, they just you just all look at each other blankly and have no idea what to do. Um, it was quite the you know the culture shock with like the language uh, that was quite hard in training as well because everyone's yelling and just smashing stuff away and you try stuff and you can, they're trying to say something to you and I've got no idea what what they're trying to tell me and on top of the pressure of having to train hard as well um, it's kind of a and Finley like the joke about it I, I speak more Japanese than them but when the Japanese guys speak English to us I'm really bad at understanding it. And like but they they'll they'll get it really easy and they don't get why I can't understand when they speak English to us, but um huh. culture shock and then obviously being on tour as well, uh just shops and food and stuff and things like uh like I'm um, it's the same in America, or I guess, any Western country, it's you know, it's you kinda of laid back. If if you were to thank somebody for something, like if they just give you something, you say, Oh thank you. Like one one thank you means the same as I guess five, it's just kinda of the same. Whereas there they'll especially as a young boy, Tanaka's the best example of it. He'll stand there, like, just bowing up and down nonstop, saying just thank you over and over and over again to someone if they've like, done something or things like that. Um, it's a little bit more uptight as a young boy as well, a very on edge.
1: Feels like it's, like, the ultimate show of respect, too. Like, when you're a young boy, you just keep showing everyone respect. You don't want to kind of yeah. do anything wrong or do anything, you know, uh, that would be deemed as disrespectful, right?
2: Of course, yeah, exactly. So, like, I tried to make sure that I'd um, do just basically be the same way as Kamatsu Tanaka. Uh, That's what I got told to do from Farley. Like I said, he was my kind of mentor and just made sure I was always on the right track. If if it seemed like I was maybe getting too relaxed or just just anything at all, he would always just kind of have a word to me and just make sure that I keep on top of stuff. And, like, so you don't disrespect anyone. A lot of the guys, though, they... Because being a foreigner over there, they, like the older boys they can uh, they relax with you a little bit more. They just I think they just don't. It's not as hard on you as they are on the Japanese guys. Um, so it can be easy to kind of you know relax and almost be friendly with them. But then you got to remember at the same time, like hey, now I'm here to be a be a young boy and stuff. So just make sure I don't uh, don't try like uh, don't take it for granted basically. And that's what obviously what father would sometimes say to me, you know. Well, you know, even if the guys are like friendly with you, remember know, you're here for work, and you're still a young boy and stuff. So, yeah, you just you know, but I mean, all the guys are really cool. So, as long as you uh you know, you're not you don't mess it up too bad, then um, you'd be alright in terms of not disrespecting anyone.
1: And with the new Japan dojo, it feels like it's very old school. And do they use like a lot of old school method- methods? Are they I mean? Are they like hard nosed with you guys most of the time?
2: Um, do you mean kind of training or just in the whole, in the whole sense? When you say hard nose, do you mean like, uh... Yeah, with the training. Uh, yeah, sorry, but when you mean hard, h- hard nose, what do you mean by that in terms of they're just like very, uh, um, what's the word for it? Like, uh, like not very warm to you, I guess?
1: Yes, exactly,
2: yep. Okay, yeah, so yeah, not just with training, that was kind of in the whole sense. And um, I got told that, that when I get there, pretty much so I'd be ignored and, um... You know, people, you know, in a sense, they'll just kind of be addicted to me for like, at least like the first month or so. Um, it was like a weaning process. And uh, I remember most of the guys, to be honest, I didn't really have that too much from anyone. Um, I think it was like a couple guys who, you know, when you'd, you'd say hello to or, and they'd just ignore you, but it was nothing, nothing ever too bad. Um, again, just so long as you were respectful and didn't try to just, just take advantage of the fact that you were I a mean, foreigner or. Be too relaxed, and you know, the guys will be okay to you But like, after about a month and stuff, and they kind of people, well, once they see what you're like as a person, and what you're if you, as long as you train hard, then they'll, uh, they'll ease it, they'll, say, okay, this guy's okay, and so they'll, um, be a bit more, be a bit more comfortable and warmer to you.
1: Now, is it a lot of you know paying your dues they kind of make you like you said they kind of made you do stuff from the ground up is that really what they're going for like they they want you to really really pay your dues over there yeah definitely and i'm a firm,
2: very strong believer of that as well I support that because there's too many people um it happened over there as well when they have people have it oh, i when uh, when people have it too easy they you know they take it all for granted and then they don't act how they should. Um, and so that that method of having to pay your dues over there, that prevents that. You know, all the guys that get sent away on excursion um, or go to do other shows and stuff, you know, no one ever complains about them. Guys like Tanaka Hiromu Takahashi, uh, Watanara, or Evil, however you want to refer to him. Guys like that who have worked over in ROH or CMLL or over in England, no one you know, no one ever has a problem with them because they, they know how they should act because they've been brought up the right way. Um And also in New Japan, when you talk about paying your dues, that's what, when you, once you kind of graduate young boy, you know, you're, like everyone just, you get so much respect for those guys who've been through that same process. So, because all the older guys here have done it themselves. Um So if you make it through that and pay your dues like they should, they respect you a whole lot more as well. Um And I think it's also, that might be why I think New Japan's so respected all over the world is because of people know what it's like. Like they've heard about what it's like to be brought up as a Japanese young boy, and you know you're just slapped around sometimes and things like that. And um, so if you make it through that, you know you're obviously uh, worthy of respect that you get.
1: That is absolutely correct. I mean, if anybody goes through there like you did, you always get. Extra respect, especially from like smart yeah. fans. They almost give you a, an extra load of respect. It's like, wow, you made it through that dojo. You know, there it's like it's almost like a military camp, uh, so to speak.
2: Yeah, that is a good way to describe it, yeah. You talk about the respect from the fans. Um, I think you're completely right. I feel like I kind of had that reaction when I did the first Rev Pro Show for Your Call earlier this year. It was in August. I didn't expect them um, to know me or I didn't expect them to to, know me or didn't them to, to uh, cheer me or anything. I just kind of expected you know relatively kind of quiet but as i came out i think the whole crowd was just just clapping i think a lot of them to be honest, stood up and you know you could you could say that that could be down to the fact that i have whether they know me or not they know that i've come up through new japan um so they do have a respect for their company and any of their guys
1: it's definitely different it it's it's, it's, really, it's really cool it's almost like a badge of honor it's like i came through the new japan dojo
2: oh yeah exactly yeah definitely i, I think that's completely right
1: and then, you know, you make your way through the dojo and then you come up and you make your debut, so to speak, against Alex Shelley. What was it like to come up and make your debut for New Japan Pro Wrestling?
2: I mean, I was I was nervous regardless like I, I was originally meant to be facing Tanaka in a uh singles match, so the other young boy. Um, and I, mean, I was nervous for that anyway, then I think it was the day before he actually came into my room and said, Oh, there's been a you know, not in so many words, but said there's been a problem with flights. There's a car change tomorrow now, and now I'm going to be facing Alex Shelley. I was like, holy... Oh, was like, Jesus. Like, as if I wasn't nervous enough already. Hmm. Um, like, Debut for New Japan, and now it's, it's, it's a singles match, which is not common over there. Um, unless, obviously, which... Unless it's young boy versus young boy. And uh, it was going to be against Alex Shelley. So, very nervous, but I was also uh, happy with how it went. And uh, very... Like, just very... Uh, I was relieved once I had it done as well. And uh, Pat, uh, sorry, shellys he's an awesome guy. He's one of my best mates now. I uh, stay with him over in the States um, a lot of the time when I'm over there for Ring of Honor. Um, You know, we obviously lived together in the dojo for a while. He he helped uh, helped me out a lot. We trained together and stuff. So um, especially looking back now, it's very cool that he was my first match in New Japan as well. And I think he feels the same way about it too.
1: Pretty cool. Cool that uh, you know your debut is against Alex Shelley, someone with you know a lot of clout and someone who's you know, a veteran of oh, yep. uh, of the ring, especially a veteran in New Japan Pro Wrestling. So it's pretty cool to make your debut against somebody that, you know obviously wasn't a young boy, but also has a lot of uh, respect and a lot of clout in Japan.
2: Oh, of course! Like that was, you know, I think that probably helped me to an extent as well. You know, the first match being against him and um, did a where I'd already wrestled a, like elsewhere for a little bit. You know, you did a, used a couple moves that a young boy wouldn't necessarily move uh, use at all. But I think that kind of, I feel like it kind of helped um, with the young boy matches going ahead in that year. In the sense that um, I'm not not saying it's because of me. It's just because of having like a foreigner kind of come in and do that stuff. I feel like it gave guys like Tanaka and Kamatsu a bit more freedom as well um, to branch away from the very, very, very basic. Young Lions style, because you had me come in straight away in my first match with doing top right missile drop kicks and using like a like a uh, DDT and which doesn't sound that flash, but to young boys don't do that stuff. So um, because then if you look at the matches coming after that, and obviously once Finley came in as well, um, the styles of the matches and stuff I think definitely changed, and I like to think that we made them a lot more exciting than they might have been before when it was just. Uh, you know, very, 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 very basic and kind of a similar match all the time. But uh, yeah, very cool to have had that match against someone like Alex Shelley because I think it definitely helped um, how the fans maybe saw me as well.
1: Now, New Japan, they usually kick off their shows with like young boy versus young boy, or you know, the first match on the card is usually could be you know uh, Kamatsu against Tanaka or whatever. But it felt like yep. for you for a while, it was you and David Finley, obviously the, the son of the legendary Fit Finley. and you yep. guys seem like you guys wrestled a whole ton and, and
2: developed chemistry matches. and stuff. Yeah, we had nine matches and it's eight one to me eight in a row. So if anyone hmm. hears this and they want to let Finley know then feel free to remind them. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, he got the first one, he got the last date, but yeah, we, um, I'd, I'd say definitely we have, I'll probably have my best chemistry with him in the ring. Um, I think it's just cause there's that background story there, you know, with living, getting in dojo and have all these matches as, you know, as competition and whether, whoever wins the matches each time they were, they were very competitive and, uh, you know, different, different styles to what people usually expect from a young boy match, I think as well. Um, and so, yeah, like, I feel like, yeah, I have best chemistry with him in the ring just good because we're trained together as well. And we have very similar views on wrestling. Um, and I think that probably showed in our matches as well, that competitiveness.
1: And it's cool to see two, you know, Gaijin, two foreigner young boys in that role rather than the two Japanese young boys in that role.
2: Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I take it as a compliment that the company was happy to put us in that position and, you know, almost treat us like as Japanese young boys and have us do that job um, of opening the show. Because uh, we'd, often, we'd often do it on, um, usually on like the biggest shows of the tour. I know we did the New Japan Cup final. Uh, I think we did New Big one of the New Beginning um, big shows. I think it was the one in Osaka as well. And uh, I think we had one on the, the Super Junior final as well. So, it was uh very, very cool that the company was wanted us to do that uh, as well. You know, I think it's, you know, I don't know the last time they kind of had two uh, guys, you or know, foreigners uh, consistently doing that role. Um, I don't even know the last time they already had two guys who kind of came up straight for the young boy um, training process. I think that probably would have been guys like Farley and Tamatonga because when guys like Carl uh, Anderson and Devitt started, that will be already been wrestling for a long time and so they weren't i don't think they were necessarily young boys So it's very cool to be you know i can't really think of two guys that have done that similar two foreigners that have had that role before
1: yeah i can't really either i mean it's pretty cool and i definitely liked it and i was like man you know it's pretty cool to see new japan kind of um Looking to you know the Gaijins again, and looking towards uh, you know foreigners to kind of to build towards their future. But do you think that um, you learned a lot? You know, I know you're in the enhancement role, or you know you're, you're losing a lot, or 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 in essence, in in, in the beginning match spot. I mean, obviously you beat Finley eight times in a row. But yeah. did you learn a lot? You know, at, at your you know as you're kind of starting off on the card.
2: Oh, you learn from the start of the show to the end with it, like during your match and afterwards. But yeah, of course. Every every single time you learn it. Um, obviously, you know, I learned the most in Japan than I have anywhere else. Uh, it's because you're wrestling so regularly and uh, you're ringside watching all the top guys and stuff. So you're always learning, always picking things up. Um, so whether it's been the first, I don't know if being the first match really had an impact on how much you'd learn as such, but it's just being around all those guys out there. You're constantly absorbing information and noticing little things and stuff. and it was nice to have the chance to to put all the stuff you're learning into action in a singles match as well. Um, and it helped being with Finley as well, just because he did have good chemistry, he would be on the same page and be able to pull off a good match
1: each time. And then it's kind of cool when you get thrown in there with an absolute legend like Jushin Thunder Liger or Tiger yeah. Mask and stuff like that. Do you 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 know do you look upon that as like a huge honor to be wrestling those guys? Oh, of course. It, yeah, like...
2: Especially at the start, at, you know, without, and then as it goes on, and you do it so many times, um, you, almost take, you almost kind of forget who you're in there with, like guys like Liger, you kind of become quite relaxed and um, you just feel like you're in there with him again. But then, like, I remember there was like one cool memory I have it uh, was about to go out, it was going to be me and Liger versus Taguchi and Tiger Mask. I've been there for a few months at this point, and uh, we're out back, about to walk out. Liger starts kind of like dry heaving or like clearing his foot. It like he's going to be sick. I was like, oh, you okay? And he's, he's, uh, he's like, oh, yes, just nervous. I was like, oh. I was like, what? well, like one, it surprised me that, you know, Liger was, the, we were like first match on the house show and he was like getting nervous. And I was, huh. like, oh. so, so I, was, I was like, oh, please relax. He's like, oh, thank you. And I felt <laughs> really, like pretty strange. And it was quite cool to be talking to him. You to Liger like that. It was like the roles it been reversed for a moment there. Oh yeah, um, yep. but I mean it was like any time that I was in the ring with any of the guys out there for the first time, that's when i that's when you'd have that feeling the most about like, okay, well like, you know, it's the first time there with Liger and then with Tinzan and then Nagata and I was like Shibata. Um, and then like we're not what I would love is you know, to talk about having all this singles match with Finley and learning. And then obviously when I would then get the chance to have singles matches with some of the other guys. I think one of my first ones was against Yoshihashi. the um, started last year. I think they went good. And then, then I had one against Taguchi, which I remember, like, uh, I think it kind of stuck out to the fans. I remember tie, I used uh, was tying Taguchi up towards the end with um you know, and Nagata 3 and, like, a uh, version of the STF and stuff like this. And... It was really cool to be able to get in there with those guys for the first time and have the chance to uh, you know, show what I got more than I can in a Young Lions match. So that would be really fun. Um, there's still a few guys I haven't been in there with and that I will be nervous when I eventually do get in there. Uh, but it's just something for me to look forward to in the future.
1: You know, those are some great names, obviously, that you're in there with and some huge, awesome names as far as you know, current wrestling and even in all-time wrestling as far as... You know, you said uh, with, you know, using the Nagata lock or being in there with Tenzan. Yeah. I mean, there's some huge, huge names in the history of, of wrestling. But what about, you know, when you get thrown in there with, like, the Bullet Club or with Chaos? Is, is that kind of cool as well? Because obviously they're the two big factions or two of the three big factions in Japan.
2: Yeah, that's always cool. Um, haven't, I've honestly not done too much stuff with Chaos. Um, that's, you know, I'm looking forward to that when I get, get back, hopefully, uh, all of that chance. And again, the Bullet Club, uh, did, did, you know, not as much as some other matches. Did still do a bit, of a favorite with them, which is pretty fun. Uh, one of the ones that I was really excited about was earlier this year when I had my singles match with against Kenny Omega, uh, sort of personal ever. He's one of my favourite guys uh, to watch as well, because um, him and Cole O'Reilly are right there, right up there for me. So to so have a chance against uh, Kenny and at Korakuen as well, uh, that was really uh, special for me and very. I was very nervous before that one. I'd already wrestled once that day for Noah as well. So I was a bit tired, but um, it was very, very special, very cool to be able to get there and get in there and have that match against him. And you know, I'm just looking forward to having the chance to do to face him and other guys like that uh, further down the line once I get back over there.
1: And also, you know, speaking of, uh, of other good gaijins out there, you had the chance to wrestle Michael Elgin, who's kind of an up-and-coming big star for New yeah, yeah, wrestling yeah. as well.
2: I had a singles match with them in a place called Hakata. It's a really cool venue actually. You gotta go up like a like a lift and then it's a really low ceiling. Um that's towards the end of the year. Yeah, and that's, that was a really fun uh, experience as well, having being able to get in the ring with him in a singles match. You know, like I said, any time we get to face any you know, of those guys, especially in a singles match, um, I'll take it as a big compliment that the company are happy to have me in there against these guys as well. Um and then on a personal level it was very cool to be Uh, And they're with him because you know, a few only a short couple years ago, you know, I had no idea that any of this was would be able to happen this quickly. You know, watching these guys on online or on TV and stuff, and then I'm in the ring there with him, so that's very cool.
1: What is your current standing with New Japan Pro Wrestling? Because obviously, you know, your first run with them kind of went by like a lightning bolt, I mean, went by so fast. I mean, are Mm -hmm. you still currently with New Japan? Did they send you on an excursion? What's your current status? Yes, that's right. I'm on
2: excursion. So I'm signed to New Japan. Um, that's where my loyalty is and that's you know that's all I've got um, my sides fixed on. Um, obviously, ROH falls under that bracket seeing as with them working together. So um, I'm assigned to New Japan and they've uh, sent me on excursion to Ring of Honor. Um, and obviously in between that, whether I do other shows and stuff, is kind of up to myself and uh, what else I've got going on. So I'm uh, joining at the Ring of Honor at the moment. And like although I said, you know, my sights are firmly fixed on New Japan, um, you know, that doesn't that won't continue until I get back there. So for now, everything's focused on Ring of Honor and, uh, you know, keeping that momentum going that I've got there and, you know, getting to the top there and getting the ring with the best guys there and um, testing myself and proving myself against them.
1: Now, we we'll definitely want to get to our region in a second, but with the excursions and stuff, do they tell you kind of no. when you're coming back or do they just send you out and, you know,
2: Nope, no That's the question I get asked. Whether it's from people who are involved in wrestling, whether it's fans, or if it's just my family and friends, they ask when you go back to Japan. I have no idea. You know, it's just it's just indefinite and ongoing. Um, hmm. you know, so I'll just be at will be at Ring of Honor until uh, until they uh, they they want me back or until they need me back. I guess
1: that's interesting because you know years you know, many years ago, uh, Gray Muda was sent over. To the United States for an excursion. Right. Obviously, uh, he ended up making a gigantic, huge, insane name for himself here, and then he became a gigantic, huge megastar in Japan, you know, all, all over again. Maybe even the biggest star of all time over there. So it's, yeah. it's kind of interesting when they they send guys over for excursions.
2: Yeah, it's. Um, I think it's great. I think more so for the Japanese guys who who have started at New Japan, guys like Tanaka and Komatsu and you know people like hiromi Takashi. Uh, he did over three years between England and Mexico and the States and um, I think that really worked out really well for him. You know, he's picked up quite a bit of steam um, from those countries and not just in Japan. Um, so I think that really, you know, really helped him as well. Um, I think it's good for the guys to go away and get experience elsewhere, see how people wrestle in other places in other countries, what the crowds are like so then they can take it all in and then combine with what they've learned in Japan when they get back they can out their style and their style of wrestling that they they want to which will be a combination of what they've picked up from all those places they've been to
1: which will only make them better which will only make new japan better so it's very smart of you course. know the, the way
0: course. they yep. do
1: it yeah yep. and very cool that they, you know, obviously have a good relationship with Ring of Honor, who's one of the bigger companies in the United States. And I mm-hmm. feel like your debut for Ring of Honor is pretty good because they did a lot of build up on their website. They did they did like a three part series on you. They really wanted people to become familiar with you. So, did you like the way you were debuted for ROH? Oh, of course.
2: You know, I am very thankful that they uh, put that much time and, and thought into my debut there. Um, it's kind of a weird feeling for myself and because um, I feel like now there's almost, there's like expectation on me or there's, I don't know if the word hype's right without, I'm not trying to sound big on myself but I was never when I was training in England there was like a group of four or five of us that would go do shows and we worked for Brian Dixon and we'd always train together and you know I was the smallest of the guys and the newest and and uh like some of the guys would do WWE tryouts and this and that and we would like get looked at by other promotions or like there was promotion in France and stuff, you know. I was always the last one to be interested in, or um, I, w- I would have thought that I was out of those guys. Like I was kind of the last, the one you would think the least that you wouldn't think. Sorry, would make it if you were to pick out of all the guys and you put them all of who would make it. but like I'd probably be the last there. So it is um, very. Str- it's almost a strange feeling for them to be making a bigger deal out of me in this sense as well, because it never was uh, never used to it before. But no, it's very refreshing and very nice. And um, like I said, I'm just want to keep riding that momentum, both in Ring of Honor and elsewhere, and uh, see how
1: far that can take me. And, you know, you, we mentioned uh, T- uh, Takahashi a few times, and you said, you know, how he's really built himself up. And obviously, you know, he was also known as uh, Kamatachi, and you wrestled him in Ring of Honor, and you beat him. and yep. You know, pretty cool, because he made a name for himself, and now you're making a name for yourself as well.
2: Yeah, exactly. Like he's a. I'm a big fan of his as well. Um, and he's an amazing guy in the ring. Um, I love his style that he he brings to it. Um, so yeah, to be it was cool that I had my first singles match against him. So I actually met him in England, maybe when my first year he was over for Brian Dixon. And I think we did like a like an eight man elimination tag together, and I've still got this image on my head like we me and him had been eliminated as the first two from our team. And then as the baby faces, we were to stay around the ring and keep supporting our team. And I've just still got this image just like, as we, like, get in the Butlins crowd going over in the camps at England. we kind of, like, walk, like, kind of past each other as we're, like, jumping up and down, cheering our team on. And we just kind of catch each other's glance, like, what the hell are we doing? Like, <laughs> like, what are we, cheerleaders now or something? And I've still got this image <laughs> as clear as day in my head. So I was very cool to have my first match in ROH against them. Um and then actually, in that same night, it got Tim to a six-man with me, uh, Sabin and Shelly versus the Addiction and Kamaitachi. So it was very cool. Also, on my debut night, was against him and then also had a tag match with Alex Shelly, who was my debut in New Japan. Um, and then obviously, I got I got that night I got the victory over Christopher Daniels, which was like massive for me as well. You know, a guy of his stature, so that was very cool too.
1: Yeah, I, I love the way ROH just kind. Of- using you and then really kind of you know making a name for yourself because you know you're in there with the addiction in there with the machine guns you know you beat kamatachi you know AKA, aka the time bomb and you beat him and then you you know you're beating christopher daniels who was a huge roh star for many many years yep. so it's pretty cool to see right i mean almost surreal in a in a sense for oh, you
2: definitely definitely like i got like i see guys at like christopher daniel i remember back in 2013 when i first got thing in a Started and I was uh, started training. I remember I was, I was watching TNA then, and he was there. And said so to uh, let alone "Be in the ring with him, let alone, Like uh, beating them." It's um, very, very surreal, very cool experience. You know that, that always happens with with those guys as well. Um, people like that uh, been in there. I did a eight man the other week uh, against the Briscoes, Jay Lethal, and Silas Young, and just being in there working against those guys as well was uh, you know surreal every time we get in there.
1: ROH has a ton of, you know, great talent and also a, a time limit draw against Jay Briscoe, who's a former two time Ring of Honor champion and obviously yeah, he's was, one of the best.
2: That was, uh, that was, that was really massive for me. I think that was almost, that was maybe one of the most important, almost maybe one of my biggest victories, even though it was a tie at that time. Um, you know, something like you said, he's the, one of the greatest, you know, arguably the greatest champion they've had, maybe, and, uh, and he's, he's, a, he's a tough, hard headed guy. And that was at uh, the 2300 Arena in Philadelphia, the old ECW Arena as well. So um, to be thrown in there and given that opportunity against him and for, for it to end like it did, I was very happy with that. And that's probably one of my favorite matches as well, um, just having the chance to get in there and go toe-to-toe with him and hopefully earn his respect as well as the fans that were watching that night.
1: How do you feel about these crowds in the United States? Uh, a bit different than what you're used to?
2: Um, they're different in each in each like uh, town we're in though, so it's. I mean, I, don't, I, I enjoy them every single time. Um, you obviously you're going to get crowds like Philadelphia who are are going to be uh, louder and make their opinions heard more so than some other places. Um, but you know, they're quite similar to the English crowds, I think, in 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 that sense. So um, you know, it's not not too much of a bigger factor for me. You know, the louder and bigger the crowd, obviously, the better. Um, One of my favorite ones, actually, is just, I don't know if it's because I think Baltimore, the Baltimore crowds was really good, and I didn't know what to expect from them, whereas Philadelphia, I knew they would be good, Uh, but Baltimore was really cool. Uh, The first match I had there was against Leo Rush in the singles match, which um, got a bit of praise as well, so, you know, it was really cool to um, do that there in, in Baltimore, and they gave me a really nice reception as well.
1: Definitely, another thing which is really, really cool, Ring of Honor. they bring in the, the trios title. Obviously, New Japan has their uh, never yeah. six man tags, but uh, they get the trios title in ROH, and it's you, Kashida, uh, and the aforementioned Leo Rush. Yeah. Do you like the uh, you know? Do you like being in the uh, trios tournament? Did, did you like that kind of pairing? You felt good chemistry yeah, with those cool. guys. Like,
2: definitely, I'm a, since I had that match of Leo Rush, you know, I got mass respect for him and. I love his work in the ring. Um, we've tagged him a couple of times since. Actually, one of my favorite matches as well was uh, me and him versus the Briscoes, which was on a TV episode that was recorded in Las Vegas. Um, that was an awesome match as well. So it was very cool being with him. And obviously, Kushida, um, was, uh, worked with him a whole bunch in my time in New Japan. Um, and he was, he was one of those guys that was always kind of around the dojo as well. And he'd come in and train with us. And he speaks a lot more English, so it's easy to, to, uh, hmm. You know, be a bit better friends with him. So it's really cool to have uh, him come over and be able to be part of that that team with him as well. Um, and also working alongside him, not as a young boy anymore, but as, a, you know, I'm not putting myself on Kushida's level, but I'm I'm another wrestler now, so I'm not just a young boy, hopefully. So it was very cool to uh, for him to come over and do that.
1: Definitely, Kushida, one of the best wrestlers in the game today. There's no that, doubt about definitely. that.
2: Hands down, my I think my favourite match of all time was him and Carl O'Reilly from the Super Junior Final. Oh, great match!
1: Awesome match! Yep,
2: absolutely insane. He got knocked out cold in it as well, and about halfway through, and kept going. And again, being maybe I might be a bit biased because being ringside for it, you you get involved in the experience. You can feel the crowd as well. But it was just that's one of my favourite
1: matches. I gotta say, me too. I love that match, and you know it's real cool to be teaming with Kushida. Obviously, you know in this trios tournament. But what was your experience like over in the uh, Hammerstein Ballroom? That ROH final battle versus the Kingdom for the trios, you know, inaugural championship.
2: Yeah, it's stepping into that, uh, into that arena was was something else. Like even just walking into the front of the building, it's, it's pretty much opposite the Empire State Building. So being in New York City for that and. I remember just walking down the stage and just seeing the balconies towering up is, uh, it's just like blended in with my memory of that vision from TV. I remember watching WWE when they had the ECW one night like, stand there. And, uh, obviously, ECW had shows there before. And my favorite, I think my favorite wrestler of all time, if I had to pick one, would probably be Eddie Guerrero. So, um, to be able to wrestle in the same arena that uh, he has like that is, uh, yeah, it's very, very cool. Um, and obviously, I think we put on the we had a pretty hectic match as well. So um, yeah, that crowd was awesome, and uh, yeah, there's there's, a, there's very few venues that kind of you get that feeling from that I've had so far. And uh, the one where you're very taken back and Hammerstone Ballroom is definitely up there.
1: Uh, great, great, awesome venue. And when do you think you'll be back with uh, Ring of Honor? Are you coming back soon to the states?
2: Uh, yeah, uh, next one is January 14th in Atlanta. I think the actual arena might be called center stage. Um so that's the that's the next one for Ring of Honor as well. And very then good. after uh just the, I think it's Zach week after that, I'm at your call for Rev Pro in London.
1: Oh, okay, nice. You know, as uh, as I start to wind it down a bit here, I'm very curious with you. I mean we, we talked about uh so many cool topics and I love talking about the new Japan Dojo and stuff, and I love talking about some of your favorite matches, but you know, we mentioned the Jay Briscoe match could possibly be one of your favorites. Is there any other standout matches? Maybe we didn't talk about that you consider some. Of, you know, some of your favorite matches of, of my own matches. Yes. Yep.
2: Um. Yeah, like I might have mentioned most of the you know there's, there's the Jay Briscoe King Omega, the tag with Leo. Um, yeah, one with the, my first one with Gucci last year in uh, New Japan. Uh, I think I feel like those ones might might be it. Might be the main ones that are up there. To be honest, I think you know the the ones that I won a couple of your cool ones. Um, I won against Josh Bowden and then one against Di, Donovan Dijak. But uh, I think I'll put them just below the other ones in terms of importance to myself.
1: And do you have? You know, our favorite opponent, I know you said Finley seemed like he was your best chemistry, but was he also your favorite opponent?
2: Uh, Yeah, he's one of them. He's definitely one of them. Um, I feel like he shouldn't count, though, because based on how many times we've uh, worked together. Mm. Um, The Briscoes, Jay Briscoe. um, uh, Uh, Taguchi, he's one of my favorite guys to get in there with as well. Um, Jay Briscoe, Taguchi. Uh, Obviously, Finley as well. Um, there's guys who, guys like there's a couple of guys who I want to say, but I haven't really faced them enough um, and that I can't wait to get in there with. And that's guys like Kyle O'Reilly and Kushida and stuff. I've been in the odd time with them. But uh, especially in New Japan, I didn't actually go up against Kushida too many times. But um, that's something I'd like to do a little bit more. And definitely Kyle O'Reilly, he's one of the guys at the top of my list as well. Now, how about a guy you oh, haven't sorry, faced yet? So. Donovan DiJack as well. Put him in one of my favorite uh, guys. Okay. As well. Yeah. Sorry. So someone I haven't faced yet.
1: Yeah, almost uh, like a dream match for yourself. Is there anybody in New Japan possibly that you you know you have your sights set on? You know, you gotta wrestle them. This is your ultimate dream match.
2: Multiple guys. I don't know if I'll be able to pick one. Um, if I did, maybe Tanahashi. Uh, purely because I'd put him at the top of the list because I feel I would also say Okada and guys like Shibata, but. Um, Feel like guys like Okada and Shibata uh, likely to be still still doing this a little bit longer than Tanahashi, so that's probably the reason why I want to put Tanahashi at the at the top there.
1: The ace Tanahashi yep. and the new ace Okada, two of the best of ever in the history of, of the course. business for sure.
2: So look, can't wait. I'm hoping it will happen one day, and I can't wait for it. And uh, that's why Tanahashi, I just really want that match to uh, happen at some point. Um, and so I just hope, hope I'm not away for too many more years uh, to the point where, you know, he may not be at his best anymore. So um, that's that's I think that's probably the one at the top of my list there.
1: Now, you know, let's just you know kind of bring out the crystal ball is five years from now. Where do you see yourself? Obviously, do you see yourself still in New Japan for wrestling five years from now?
2: You know, always going to aim high. So uh, five years, I want to see myself at the top of New Japan. I'm sure there'll be people listening who will, you know, kind of scoff at it and think I'm dreaming. But uh, there's also a lot of people who thought I was dreaming when I wanted to be a wrestler when I was younger, and I'm doing it now. So, five years, I want to be uh, on the top in New Japan. You know, before then, within within that time.
1: Do you have like goals for yourself, or or you don't really think of it in terms of that?
2: Um, Yeah, no, I do have goals myself. It's also also do try not to get too far ahead of myself. Uh, which may sound weird since i just said in five years I want to be on top in New Japan, but um, I think you kind of need, you do need to have goals so you, you know which direction you got to work in as well. Um, obviously, you're going to have bigger goals like, you know, whether you want to be the champion in a few years' time um, and then you've got the short-term stuff. Like at the moment, my goals at the moment is focusing on putting on, on weight, so I'm a heavyweight. Um, I've put on, I think, seven or eight kilos since I've left Japan. Um, So it's going good in that sense, and now the other short-term goals is about in Ring of doing my best there, and you know getting to the top of that, and then I'll eventually want to get back to New Japan and be on the top there as well. You know, everyone out there, I think, will probably have those similar goals. Um, they then want to get on the top of where they are. Um, but it's just got to wait and see to find out who gets there.
1: Definitely, and is Wrestle Kingdom and the Tokyo Dome kind of uh, one of those goals oh, of as well? They kind of on your radar, of
2: course, yeah, of course. Of course, I'm uh, gutted I can't be there this year, but um, you know, my my time will come eventually, whenever that is. So, um, yeah, I'm not fretting about that too much. But definitely, that is, yeah, massive goal for myself to do that one.
1: This has been an awesome interview. I had a ton of fun. I love talking New Japan Pro Wrestling, and I like when we get to talk to like the new next breakout star. But one more question for me: Where can the fans of the Two Man Power Trip? find jay white if they want to reach out and touch him
2: okay yeah uh, so obviously like i said the show isn't going to be our next is ring of honor atlanta on the 14th of january then you're cool in london on the 21st but obviously my twitter is at jay white nz or nz however you pronounce that letter z uh so it stands for new zealand at jay white nz instagram's the same and i'm on facebook uh just jay white as well and I've just opened my Pro Wrestling Tea store, I think, yesterday. So uh, i got my first shit up on there, which you can go and uh, grab if you're interested in that as well.
1: Nice. Very, very good. And uh, thank you so much for joining me today. I know you are oh, in the future right me. now. You are yeah. uh, 16 <laughs> hours ahead of me in the future. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I can let you know what to bid on. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: I always think that to myself.
2: And then I realize uh,
1: I don't think it works like that. <laughs> nah, unfortunately not. Yep, yeah. good point. Well, thank you so much uh, for taking out time today. Uh, great uh, talking to you and wish you good luck in the future and hopefully uh, all those goals we get to see uh, you know, on TV and on pay-per-view. Of course. Thank you very much for having me. I look forward to next time. Yep, thank you very much. Have a good night Thanks. or a good day.
0: Thanks for listening to the two-man power trip of wrestling. What the world is downloading.